Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Happy Monday, everybody. Mark Aram and the Bananas with you for the next two hours. Post-Super Bowl edition of the Mark Aram Show. We'll talk about the big game yesterday. Johnny Kilbasa will join us with a faster review. In second hour, we're going to do a double dip, Deb Green. We're dipping into the impeachment trial and the Iowa caucuses on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Kicking things off, though, as we do every Monday... Let's play a little Millennial Match Game, Judd Hickenbotham. Let's play Millennial Match Game. Love, Juddy. Uh, Joining us in studio, the queen, the champ, the best of the best, everybody's favorite from the WSB Digital Desk, it's Randy O'Cray. Hello, Randy Pants. I just love when you give me that introduction, Mark. I am your hype man. Uh, Randy, tell the folks a little about yourself in case they're not sure who you are. Uh, Yeah, Randy here at Digital Desk Team. Um, Yeah, from Texas, part of the PowerPod crew, and I just love me some Mark Aram. All right, that'll be the last PowerPod uh, podcast reference. (laughs) You can can, uh, plug uh, Black... uh, Black Education Bro. How y'all doing? That's another podcast. Um, Randy, how just again... How old are you range-wise? Range okay, between 30 and 30. Okay, she's between 30 <laughs> and 30. Randy is the champ at Millennial Match Game. Here's today's category, Randy. Uh, in honor of the Super Bowl yesterday. By the way, you watched it with your boyfriend. I did. Who's a Niners fan. Oh, man, that was a rough night. A long ride home. Long ride home. But you did say you had the best lemon pepper hot wings you've ever had. Hot lemon pepper wings. Give them a shout out. From Tony's Bar and Grill for Roswell Road in Sandy Springs. Amazing, hot, right. delicious. Deb, work on that. We need to get Tony's in here. All right, here we go. Uh, because of the Super Bowl, here's the match game uh, category tonight. NFL quarterbacks... Or teen idols. Okay, so I'm going to say a name, and you tell me if it's a, an NFL quarterback or a team idol. So I'll say Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that a quarterback or an idol? Uh, porn star Jimmy. That is a quarterback. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh no, whoa. sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, so that that you get it right. That's how easy it is. That's so it's exactly not it's that. not going to be that hard. All right, let's meet our contestants on the phone. Sarah, lovely Sarah, joins us on the Mark Aram Show. Tell the folks a little about yourself, Sarah. Hi, Mark. Um, I work in the financial industry. I'm just out of millennial range. And I'm so excited that it's Randy. She's my favorite. Randy's everybody's favorite. Exactly right. Well, welcome, Sarah. Thanks for playing Millennial Match Game. You're going to be going head up against Robert. Robert, tell the folks about yourself. Well, I'm a subcontractor at Yuki's Primate Research Facility at um, Emory University. So a shout out to all the Yerkes um, employees at the re- uh, primate research facility. Shout out to them. Do you guys do tours? I would love to check out the Yerkes facility. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, not. Okay. But, All right. Uh, Fair enough. Robert's you know, not winning Millennial Match Game, by the job, way. <laughs> um, as far as, Understood, um, Robert. That's all. I just needed to know. Don't worry about it. All right. So here we go. Millennial Match Game brought to you, as always, by Rocco's European Garage. I'm going to say a person's name. You have to guess whether or not Millennial Randy will know if that's a quarterback or a teen idol. We'll start 
with Sarah. Sarah, the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> will Millennial he just Randy gave the answer? Did you say the quarterback? Right? Oh, never mind. Dag <laughs> well, right. quarterback, I would have said. You gotta said. say the name is. Okay, name yeah. Is. Good job. Good job. Um, all right, here we go. The name is Kirk Cameron. Will Millennial Randy know if Kirk Cameron is a quarterback or a teen idol? She will know it, yes. You say yes. Oh. Kirk Cameron, is that a quarterback or a teen idol, Randy? Okay, Kirk Cameron. Yes. Kirk, I don't really know any teen stars by the name of Kirk. Okay. Okay, um, Cameron. Let's let's just go with quarterback. Yes, for two hundred. Teen Idol. Who was that? Kirk Cameron. What was the name of the show he was on? Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Sarah said you know it, right? Yeah. No point <laughs> yeah. for Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. All right. Here we go. Uh, quarterback or Teen Idol, Robert Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon. Will Millennial Randy know if Frankie Avalon is a quarterback or a Teen Idol? You no. You say yes. Yes. Okay, Frankie Avalon, quarterback or teen idol, Randy? Okay, is this like Frankie, you know, he had that TV, that talk show, no, that little show, whatever, he's short, had a big head, Frankie. Short with a big yeah. head. Yeah. Longoria, do you know anyone short with a big head? <laughs> not, not here, no. I no. Don't know I'm going to go with teen idol, that's who I'm thinking. You got it right. Oh, I don't know who that is, though. You got it right. He's a singer, teen idol. He was in Greece. Oh, which one? Which one is the angel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, see, yeah, I did that. Tells Beauty school dropout. All right, Sarah, you need this one. Teen idol or quarterback? Will Millennial Randy know if uh, Joe Namath was a quarterback or a teen idol? Joe Namath. Mm. I mean, I 100% know football. Oh. <laughs> um. You say yes. Randy, Joe Namath, quarterback or teen idol? I knew that last name, Namath, so I know that's the football star. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if we should give Sarah that point, though. She's like, I know football. So, all right, we'll give it to you, Sarah. We're uh, we're very lackadaisical here on Millennial Match Game. End of round one of Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Vanna, what's the score? All tied up at 1-1. One, 1-A one. One piece. Welcome back to Millennial Match Game. Uh... Brought to you by Rocco's. NFL quarterbacks are teen idols. Robert is up. Will Millennial Randy know if Boomer Esiason is a quarterback or a teen idol? Boomer Esiason. No. You say no. Boomer Esiason, Randy. Is that a quarterback or a team idol? I mean, can that last name even go on a jersey? Boomer Esiason. I cite Boomer. 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 Yeah. Let's just go with the teen idol. That's probably the older people names. That was the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, Boomer Esiason. Esiason can uh, fit on the back of the jersey, indeed. All right, Robert gets the point. When in doubt, the millennial doesn't know. All right, here we go, Sarah. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Millennial Randy know if Ricky Schroeder is a quarterback or a teen idol? No. You, oh, it's a quick no. Ricky Schroeder, quarterback or teen idol, Randy? Oh, that's tough because, I mean, there, I think I've seen a Schroeder on the back of somebody's jersey of course, before. Yeah. But I think there's a person that's a teen idol that's a Ricky Schroeder, too. But I'm going to go with football player because that was my first brain. You're going to go with football player. Shro- Ricky, that's a football player's name, too. And that's like a teen idol. Yeah, it is a team idol. Dig it! <laughs> Silver Spoons. What is that? It was Chuck's favorite show when he was growing up in Montana. Right, Chuck? Chuck's like, look at those rich people. They have, ele- they have electricity. <laughs> no. They got indoor plumbing. They got cars. I mean, they got, ca- excited, but no. <laughs> they got cars. <laughs> no. All right, uh, you get the points there. Good job. Uh, all right, here we go, Robert. Quarterback is... 
Oh, no. Damn, I just gave the thing again. All right, here we go. <laughs> you the name. Game. Quarterback or teen idol, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Quarterback or teen idol? Will Randy know? She will, she will know. You say yes. Michael J. Fox. That will, Fox does fit on the back of a jersey. But no, he's in Back in the Future or To the Future. That's right. Back to the Future, and this is uh, Family Ties. Family Ties. How am I blanking out all these names? All right. Good job, Robert. You got the point. Millennial Match Game, NFL quarterbacks, or Teen Idol Division. Uh, here we go, Sarah. Leaf Garrett. Leaf Garrett. Will Millennial Randy know if that's a quarterback or Teen Idol? Leaf Garrett. No. You say no. I'm with you on that. Leaf Garrett. Randy Pants. Okay, Garrett is definitely on the back of a jersey. Yeah, 100%. Leaf as in L-E-E-F? L-E-I-F. L-E-I-F. That's his first name? Yeah, Leaf Garrett. Football. 100% wrong. Oh. Leaf Garrett was a teen idol. What? He was a little before my time, Deb. What, what did he was he in? 70s, singing, did some acting. Yeah. Actually won a Grammy for he this. Was, the only thing I know, he was in that uh, The Outsiders. Yes. He was. That's the only thing I know Leaf Garrett from. All right, you get the points there. Here we go. Quarterback or teen idol... Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Robert, will Randy know if Matthew Stafford is a quarterback or a teen idol? My first in, in, instinct would say yes. You say yes. Matthew Stafford what? could go either way on that. Yeah, I'm going to just go with football player. You're going to go football yes, player? Yes, because he believed in me. Hey, yes. my name. University, <laughs> University of Georgia's own Matthew Stafford. Broke his back this year for the Lions. He's going to be okay, right, Longoria? He'll be fine for a spring training. Yeah, sure. Whatever they do. All right, here we go, Sarah. Uh, quarterback or teen idol? Johnny Unitas. Johnny Unitas. Quarterback or teen idol? What do you think, Sarah? Well, millennial Randy, no. Yes. You say yes. Johnny U. Johnny U who? What's his last name? Unitas. Uni- he got to be an idol for that name. No. Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback, Johnny U, Johnny Unitas. All right, here we go. You're up, Robert. Teen idol or NFL quarterback, River Phoenix. River Phoenix. Will Millennial Randy know River Phoenix? Quarterback or teen idol? No. You say no. When in doubt, Millennial doesn't know. River Phoenix. That's a great name. That is a great regardless name. Regardless of what goes on. What, I was trying to hear if you gave me a clue. No, but regardless you did. if it's a football player or a mechanic, that's a great name. Like River, River Phoenix. Teen Idol. You got hurt, kid, but that belongs to me. River Phoenix. He was in Stand By Me. Oh, I know that. He, he this is Indiana Jones. Yeah, this is from Indiana Jones. Uh, he died tragically. I think it was a drug overdose, right? Yeah, yeah. River. His uh, brother is Joaquin Phoenix, whom I'm sure oh, you yeah, know of. Yeah, they Joker. Yeah, exactly right. All right, here we go. Uh, Sarah, Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Will Millennial Randy know if that's a teen idol or a quarterback? Vinny Testaverde. Oh, my. Um, come on, Randy, yes. You say yes. <laughs> come on, Randy. Vinny Testaverde. That totally sounds like a teen idol, though. Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> He's a unibrow quarterback that played for – he had the biggest brow in the world. I should have known that. Yeah, he played for a lot of crappy teams. But he had actually a decent <laughs> career. All right, end of round two millennial match game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. What's the score, Deb Green? Sarah three, Robert four. Sarah, oh, we got a nail biter. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Randy killing it as always. We'll be right back. Uh, millennial match game continues next on the Mark Aram Show. It's 95.5 WSP, Atlanta's News and Talk. 
Final round, Millennial Match Game. Quarterback or teen idol? What's the score? And who's up, Deb Green? Sarah three, Robert four. It's Robert's turn. Robert, the uh, name is Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Will Millennial Randy know if that's a quarterback or a teen idol? That's a hard one. Um, I would have to hear again. My gut instinct would say yes. You say yes. Ralph Macchio, teen idol or quarterback? Macchio is definitely a quarterback. Hey, <laughs> go. No. What? Macho's the karate kid. <laughs> the karate oh, kid. All right. Wax on, wax on. Uh, wax on, wax oh, off. All right, here we go, Sarah. John Elway, quarterback or teen idol? John Elway. Will Randy know? Yes. You say yes. John Elway, quarterback or teen idol? Idol. Teen. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm tired of playing. Last one real quick. Uh, Rick Springfield, teen idol or quarterback? Rick Springfield, what do you think? Yes. You say yes. Rick Springfield, quarterback or teen idol? Jennifer's favorite person. He's a teen idol. You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl. All right, that wraps up Millennial Match Game. Great job by everybody, Randy, Sarah, and Robert. There can only be one winner. Who won, Randy? I mean, uh, Deb Green. <laughs> um, there can be two winners. I know, but we, we only give one crown, but okay. we give two uh, prizes. Robert got five, Sarah got three. So All Robert, right. wins, Robert wins, but you both get prizes on the Mark Aram Show. What did they win, Deb Green? Yes, you're both going to go check out Daryl Hall and John Oates with Squeeze at uh, Ameris Bank Amphitheater on August 13th. And KT Tunsall. And KT Tunsall. I'm so excited. Randy, give a shout-out to your uh, podcast. Uh, right, Black Educated and Broke in the Building here on the Mark Aram Show. Beautiful. When we come back, hang on the line, guys, Sarah and Robert. Uh, Chuck's going to get some info from you. When we come back, Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review. Hey, this is Ray Liotta, and you're listening to the Mark... Mar- uh, Welcome back to the show, 639. 70 degrees on Peachtree Street. You heard Chris Chandler there in the news. A record. It's a record on the Mark Aram Show. Back sweat meter seven. In February. We've never had that long, Gory. I know you were sweating as much as I was today, but that's okay. Enjoy the warm weather. It's going to be wet toward the end of the week. Kirk Mellish's full five-day forecast throughout the broadcast. Um, before we get to Johnny Kilbasa, uh, real quick in the Super Bowl recap, apparently Chuck had a party and it did invite me. Did you get invited, Longoria? I did not, know. Deb, did you get invited to Chuck's Super Bowl party? <laughs> no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I guess it was just the inner sanctum, the Chuck yeah. inner circle. Listen. I don't like any of you people that much. Understood. I don't want yeah. you at my house. Actually, I, Andrew's been to my house. Yes. We, uh, but More I, than you we bring, I didn't yeah. want to have a party. Listen, I didn't want to have a party. I wanted to sit on the couch and watch it by myself. I was forced into it. So. Yeah. Any big takeaways? Well, how was your party? Let's fill, it was since very, we weren't very there, good. fill the food, us in. The food was on point. Yeah. It was very, very good. I would imagine. I made yeah. elk uh, stew. Oh, elk stew? Yeah. It was, any it leftovers? Was Nothing? No. No. You serve that over rice or pasta? Nothing. Nothing. Man, it's just, just a regular just stew. Just a regular man. Elk just stew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, good stuff. What about you, Longoria? Did you watch the game? Any big takeaways? Yeah. Uh, we were just the family. We just did some wings and some dips. Nice. And, you know. Deborah he didn't Green. invite you over either. I don't know why you're flipping me. Well, we didn't really have a party. Yeah, I you, didn't either. You, no, no. You said, oh, I'm having a party. <laughs> you said that yeah, on Friday. Yeah. That's not on Facebook. And I was like, Chuck Friday was like, yeah, I'm having a party. I'm like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? And he happened. said, I'm having a party. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I got no plans. And it just sat out there like a dead fish. out there like a matzo ball. Deb Green, what about you? Like a big matzo ball. I was driving back from Florida. Oh, that's right. I listened to the first half and we watched the second half. Good stuff. I'm assuming on the way back from Florida, you hit up many fast food establishments. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, not it's time not for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live <laughs> on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, ooh, we do not want to know, Johnny Kilbasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. What's going on, Jonathan? How you doing, Mark Aram? I'm wrapping bacon. I'm here for the take. I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please an hour early, buddy. 
Uh, real quick, your your take any takeaways from the Super Bowl? Uh, my bacon explosion game is still on point. I've been making it for 12 years Legendary. now. I try to push the envelope every year, and I'm undefeated. Legendary. Best part of the Super Bowl, Shakira. 100%. Oh, my goodness. I do love Shakira. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. I didn't know she was still a thing. She, uh, apparently wow. she is. Anyway, I don't want to take up any more time. Johnny, what's on the menu tonight, my friend? Yeah, you got me daydreaming about Shakira. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> discombobulated. But anyway, Mark. Chipotle has some things called lifestyle bowls now. Oh. now. I went in there. I heard about a lifestyle bowl from Chipotle, so I rolled into Chipotle expecting a bowl full of chicken wings and vodka. But I was <laughs> surprised that that's not what happened in this lifestyle bowl. So they've got these different lifestyle bowls, Mark, and this might sound Greek to you, but other people might understand these things. They got a keto salad bowl. They got a paleo bowl, a vegan bowl vegetarian bowl and a whole 30 bowl salad bowls with different things in it so like if you get the keto salad bowl it's got the carnitas Ooh. and then some sort of salsa a little bit of cheese and guac and lettuce oh all right i would do that one i would do the keto yeah, bowl that sounds good there's a vegan bowl which is rice beans sofrita salsa salsa and lettuce paleo bowl gets you the beef the lettuce fajita vegetables so it's pretty much you know, they're taking a bunch of things, putting them in a combination, and kind of giving you a recipe card. And you Interesting. Call it, oh, hey, I'm paleo today. Great. Oh, make it green salsa. Okay, now you're keto <laughs> or something like that. Now you're veggie. You want to throw some rice in there? Well, what's funny is Sanjay, Sanjay goes paleo. between, I don't know the difference, but he does paleo and keto. Like, he, he bounds. I don't know if the, what the difference is. but uh, There's not much of a difference. No. All right. So, all right, maybe I'll try that out. I, Chipotle, the problem with Chipotle for me is, and this is just a me issue. The Listeria? No, well, that oh. too. It just, I mean, it, it just does not sit well with me. I mean, it tastes fine, but I'm out of commission for 24 hours at the minimum. So I probably shouldn't. Wow. I'll wait till the weekend before I try the. Do they have, do they have elk stew at, uh, <laughs> yeah. at Chipotle? They don't. But hey, if everybody's feeling fat after the Super Bowl, go on down to Chipotle and get into the lifestyle. Did man. you get invited to Chuck's Super Bowl party, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, man. I had, yeah, I had to set up. I had a great time. Yeah. The Stone House. Johnny knows how to get there. At the Stone House. <laughs> Yeah. That, uh, yeah, literally Friday. I was like, yeah, I got no plans, that Chuck. did not happen. Chuck's like, oh, that sucks. Stop making I'm going to have 40 up. people over. It's going to be awesome. Tapping two kegs. Oh, yeah, right. Doing jello shots off my sister-in-law. It's going to be fantastic. Good Lord, no. <laughs> All right, Johnny, we appreciate you as always. And? It's the cholesterol high, baby. So am I. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And listen to the Sausage Joint Podcast on any party I'm bored. JohnnyKilbasa.com. All things Kilbasa on JohnnyKilbasa.com. Appreciate you, brah. When we come back, your calls, and I had a rough start to my day. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. So for this morning, I'm driving to work, and I make a right turn onto Peachtree, and I hear, boom. And I was like, oh, dang, nabbit. And then I'm, I'm like driving. Luckily, I'm like a quarter mile from work, and it's like, do, 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 do. I'm like, great, I got a flat. So I pull in. Luckily, I was able to get into the parking garage, go out after the uh, rush hour to check on it, and my tire's flat. Change it, got to uh, put the donut on. But you saw the, I, I posted it on my Instagram story. Yeah. This chunk of metal, it was like six inches long, just like smooshed into it. I thought it was part of a, like a windshield wiper, the frame. Uh, but the guy said, the guy at the tire place said it was uh, part of a rim, not off my car, but oh, like something. Else's. Yeah. So the, the, the I mean, it, it happens. What are you going to do? So I go to the tire place. This is what I want to talk about. So embarrassing. 
So we go to the tire place. They get my tire, a, a new tire today. It was it was really great, really awesome. And I picked it up before I came in today. So the the lobby's full of customers, right? Everyone's going to pick up their cars, and they have one of those credit card machines. And it's like, all right, you got to insert your card, sign, blah blah blah, and. The sound it makes when it wants you to take out the credit card makes it sound like your card got denied. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. some places that it's have like, it like nah, that. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, really? And everyone looks at me like, oh, Aram can't pay his bills. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I whipped out my card. I'm like, no, it's fine. It was just telling me to, like, they yeah. need a, a different sound. Yes. They can change it. They've changed it at the CVS by my house. Oh, did they really? Because it used to have that one. And I was like, that's kind of annoying. And they're like, yeah, we're trying to change it. And they changed it. Now, yeah, now it was like, literally like. It has bells or something. It, it was the bad sound. Like, yeah. You know, nah, 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 no room on your credit card, jack wagon, nah, 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 and like echoing through the lobby. And I was like, oh, I'm like, no, it's fine, people. I'm good. Like, people are coming up, Aaron, do you want 10 bucks? Like, can we chip in? I was like, no. Start a GoFundMe. Yeah. yeah. GoFundMe. Uh, so, yeah, they, it should be like, ding, ding. Yeah, something. Like, remove your card. Yeah. And I don't mind the, the, the nah, 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 if your card does get declined. Like, yeah. Sure. Like call those people out, but but if it's just to <laughs> remove it's just your card time to remove it, yeah, then, yeah, so annoying. Uh, Russ joins us in Gainesville. Russ, Russ happy come f- here a minute. I want to talk Monday. To you. How are you, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Oh, you sound depressed, Russ. What's going on? Oh, oh no, I'm not. I was thinking about something, and I wanted to tell you about it. The first time I ever got engaged. Okay, nineteen seventy what? Eighty four. Eighty four. Okay, and. I uh, I bought an engagement ring with quarters. Wow! Yeah. It was either a really yeah, cheap I ring or a lot of quarters. I you a, yeah, I sent you a picture of the game room. Every Friday we empty out the machines, and I get eh, about a thousand dollars in quarters. Wow! So I went to coming to a jewelry store. <laughs> My girlfriend was asleep in the car, and I went in there and I said, "I need give me a thousand dollar ring." And they said, are you kidding? And I put this back because it will not even roll. Just loose quarters. Oh, the salesman loved you that day. I once lost a bet to to Joel Larsgaard. I did a bet. I forgot what it was. I think it was way back in the day whether or not Jason Hayward would make the All-Star team. And I lost a $100 bet to him. I paid him in a sack full of change. I was like, here you go, Jack Wagon. And I bet you he took it. He did take it. It was pretty fun. I got a picture of it somewhere. Russ, Russ, real quick, uh, did you have fun at Chuck's Super Bowl party? Nobody invited me. Oh, me neither, Russ. <laughs> me neither, Russ. God bless. I thought for sure Russ would have been there. It's like when you tried to get him to have a sleepover at my house. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, Russ, we got to go, buddy. Uh, talk to you tomorrow, man. Okay, thank you. All right, I just wanted to mention this before. Uh, you heard this, uh, not to go from uh, from Russ to a serious topic, but Rush Limbaugh announced this earlier today on WSB Radio. I have to tell you something today that I wish I didn't have to tell you. He has lung cancer. Um, he is going to try to keep working. That's what I I don't know. I mean, I wish him the best and a speedy recovery and blah, blah, blah. But if I'm 69 and I have lung cancer, uh, that's my last day at work. I, w- would you come back to work, Chuck, at 69 with lung cancer and all his money? Only, uh, I don't know, man. Some people really like what they do. I Well, I love what I do. But if I'm 69 with lung cancer... That's it. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm stepping away from the mic. What do you do, Longoria? In that situation? Yeah, I'll probably step away. Yeah, I'm stepping away if I get purpose. a cold. Yeah, well, if I, if I'm rush, I stepped away at fifty once he made his first hundred <laughs> oh, yeah, million. Like, like I would have been after that. Contract. Yeah, exactly. Deb Green, you you. Uh, what do you do? I'll You're, die in the studio. You love radio yeah. so much, but it's cancer. I mean, it's lung cancer. Like, ugh. I don't, I'm not gonna get lung cancer. Yeah, we wish him the best. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't. That'd been my, today would have been my last day on the air. 
Get well soon, Rush Limbaugh. When we come back after news, weather, and traffic, we're on the CMG Radio Network talking about the impeachment trial and the Iowa caucuses on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. I do not ask you to convict him because truth or right or decency matters nothing to him, but because we have proven our case and it matters to you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. At the end of the day, this is an effort to overturn the results of one election and to try to interfere in the coming election. Here's Mark Aram. Welcome to the show and a good Monday evening, everyone. Mark Aaron broadcasting live in Atlanta across the Cox Media Group radio network as we continue our impeachment trial coverage. We're going to uh, bolster the coverage tonight. We're not only going to get you caught up to date on what happened with the impeachment trial, but we're kind of mixing some Iowa caucus update. Yeah, election 2020 officially beginning tonight in Iowa and the caucuses. I'll bring you updates on that throughout the program. But we do want to get you caught up to date on what you might have missed today in the impeachment trial. Closing arguments on the Senate floor today. We know you can't uh, listen and watch the whole day, so that's why we do the show every night to get you caught up to date. I'm Jimmy Dupree in Washington. In one last set of arguments, House Democrats urged senators to convict President Trump. The president got caught. Congresswoman Val Demings. He put his personal interests over those of the country. The president's legal team sternly rejected the assertion of Democrats. You must vote to acquit the president. White House counsel Pat Cipollone. This is an effort to overturn the results of one election. Senators will vote Wednesday afternoon to acquit President Trump of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress charges. Jamie Dupree in Washington. Also joining us in Washington, our friend Blair Miller, correspondent, keeping us up to date. Blair, good evening. How are you, sir? Hi, Mark. Good evening. I'm doing great. I think we all needed the weekend this weekend, didn't we? <laughs> Indeed. We need to re- relax, watch the Super Bowl, and then uh, dive headlong to the closing arguments. Before we get to uh, to your reporting, this just happened on the Senate floor. Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska, one of those kind of uh, uh, on-the-fence Republicans, just made this statement on the Senate floor. I want to play this for you. This happened just moments ago. The response to the president's behavior is not to disenfranchise nearly 63 million Americans and remove him from the ballot. The House could have pursued censure and not immediately jumped to the remedy of last resort. I cannot vote to convict. The Constitution provides for impeachment, but does not demand it in all instances. An incremental first step to remind the president that, as Montesquieu said, political virtue is a renunciation of oneself. And this requires a, quote, continuous preference of the public's interest over one's own. Removal from office and being barred from ever holding another office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States is the political death penalty. So there you go, Senator Lisa Murkowski voting not to convict. She said they wish they went the censure route. I'm hearing a lot of that today. Censure, censure, censure. What exactly does that mean, Blair? Well, and what a lot of people tell you is that that's essentially saying there was wrongdoing, but that it's a slap on the wrist. There's no really penalty with that. But, I, you know, you talk about Murkowski. And, you know, one thing she did talk about today as well was talking about her vote on that motion of witnesses. So many people were watching last week and saying she did not want it to be a tie because she was worried it would tear down the judicial system. So it's really interesting to kind of hear uh, some of the insight we're hearing from senators on this. And, you know, we'll continue to hear from senators over the next couple of days as they lead up to that, that vote on Wednesday 
uh, whether to acquit or not. Blair Miller joining us live from Washington, D.C. So day one of the, uh, I guess, the, the, the defense rest, the prosecution rest, the closing arguments, aside from uh, what we just heard from Lisa Murkowski, any big developments on the Senate floor today? You know, not a lot of big developments. You know, the, exactly what you were talking about earlier, we heard a lot of talk about censure and everything and why that did not come to the Senate from the House. Um, each senator is getting 10 minutes on the floor. Many of them are just using the time as a chance to explain their positions, really some cover for their back home districts, you know, basic going back over the vote they had over the last uh, week and then the vote they'll have on Wednesday, really just kind of giving some deeper ex- explanation from both sides. How long do you expect uh, this to continue tonight? And then how, what are we expecting tomorrow? Uh, they should be wrapping up here this evening, and then we'll expect a full day of this tomorrow. You know, what's kind of interesting or unique about this is that there's really no set time on the Senate floor where this is happening, and not all senators have to be there. And so you have senators speaking, but it's really they get 10 minutes when they start, and but there's no schedules, and no one's required to be in there. So at times it's pretty thin on attendance, and then, of course, we have the State of the Union tomorrow night. Um, and then we'll have the vote Wednesday afternoon on whether to acquit the president, which is very likely to happen. That vote's scheduled for Wednesday afternoon around 4 o'clock. 100% likely to happen, yeah. I'd be, I mean, right. something <laughs> he, absolutely monstrously huge would have to happen. Uh, earlier today, White House counsel Pat Cipollone, or Cipollone, how do we pronounce it? How do we pronounce it? Cipollone? Cipollone, I believe. All right. I uh, had this to say about uh, the Democrats' effort to rob the voters. At the end of the day, this is an effort to overturn the results of one election and to try to interfere in the coming election that begins today in Iowa. One, one of the, the major themes I've heard from Republican senators throughout the impeachment inquiry and the impeachment trials, like, we're so close to an election, let the voters decide this. And I get that rationale. I understand that. But on the flip side of the coin, if, if we as voters were to decide this, shouldn't we, the voters, have all the information? Shouldn't they have allowed uh, the documents and the witnesses so all the voters can get all the information because right now all the information is not available to the voters because we didn't hear from Bolton and uh, the in, the inner sanctum of the White House and the documents have never been released by the White House. So isn't that a, a catch-22 for Republicans saying let the voters decide but the voters don't have all the, all the necessary information? Exactly, and, and you're hearing that from Democrats, strategists on their side. I think what is hanging up the Democrats is that they realize that argument is what they're making now, but that they believe they should have made that argument a long, long time ago. So the average public citizen can understand that and hear that. Um, there's just a lot of inside baseball that's been happening with this case, so really on both sides. And it is a, a hard thing to kind of boil down on what should happen. And both sides are very dug in on what they believe. And this, that's why we only saw two Republicans go with Democrats on that. You know, it's so, Device. Uh, if, if you have any questions uh, for Blair, call now at 404-872-0750-1800-972-8255. Again, he is our Washington correspondent in D.C. We'll answer any questions you might have about the impeachment impeachment inquiry. Here's my first question for you, Blair. Um, when the vote is, is taken on Wednesday, Mitt Romney... Where is he going to vote? The senator, the Democratic senator from Alabama, what's he going to do? You know, that's that's where you actually, you know, to remove the president from office. That's what the vote will be on the two uh, articles of impeachment. Do we know which way uh, those fence sitting uh, senators are going right now? They haven't said. And I think everyone's keen to keep keeping that close to the vest. And, you know, there's a lot of news out here right now. and, And you have Iowa tonight. You have the State of the Union. So 
Romney doesn't want to make a headline like that today or tomorrow. He was asked about this on Friday as he was leaving, as these senators you know, broke loose. It was really interesting to see them take off. And he was asked about that. How will he vote next week on this? And he wouldn't say. So I think it'll be, you know, the only thing that we're going to really notice on Wednesday, it'll just be interesting to see how some people vote and see if they take a stand. You know, it's not going to move the needle at all. You're right. It is 100 percent certain on what's going to happen on Wednesday. But it'll just be interesting from that standpoint of how some vote and whether they'll you know, make a symbolic vote and gesture on all this. Obviously, we're monitoring the Iowa caucuses. Uh, so Friday, I'm assuming the Democratic senators that are running for office got the heck out of the nation's capital and went to Iowa. Were they back in time for today's closing arguments? Yeah, they were back. And uh, I think they wrapped up. Some of them took off very uh, early this afternoon to get back in time to be back in Iowa. So, you know, they're stretching the travel back and forth has been quite intense for some of these uh, candidates. And now they're in place, I believe, getting ready to, you know, watch these results that will come in here in the early evening hours and see what happens. I mean, what what an interesting finish this is going to be in Iowa tonight with everything that has been so close there. Uh, the, the people in the campaign, Sanders, Warren, et cetera, the senatorial campaign for president, um, were they upset about, you know, the, the lengthy process of this and it kept their candidates out of Iowa and hitting the pavement and doing some good canvassing? The candidates will tell you they, they are doing their job. They will give you the company line on that. But the campaigns behind the scenes, very stressful, very frustrated because they know that every bit matters. They know that they need their candidate out there. And and because it's been so close, I mean, you've had someone different leading all the polls out there. They know how razor thin all of this is and that every bit does matter. The spending, the advertisements, but really just, you know, the boots on the ground. That's what makes Iowa, Iowa is the grassroots campaigning. And when you don't have your candidate there, it makes it very hard. And so I think there was a lot of frustration behind the scenes, just really the logistics of it, getting from Washington to Iowa and back to Washington. You know, you're not talking a weekend, you're talking hours. That They want their candidate back as quickly as possible. Blair Miller in Washington, D.C. Mark Aaron with you here on the Cox Media Group Radio Network, 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. Charles has a question for you, Blair. Go ahead, Charles. How you doing? A uh, question. A lot of people uh, that was on the bubble, my mom said she would never vote Democrat again because of this process. My question, like she was asking, it seemed like the sham. She said before Donald Trump was even inaugurated, they was talking about impeaching him. So what were they going to impeach him on And when he wasn't even the president? That's why it looks like a sham to a lot of people. So what was the charge of impeachment before he was even inaugurated? Well, I think there were some of the uh, the, the newer senator or the newer congressmen uh, that got in and, and were quoted as saying, let's impeach this guy early on. Uh, but that was that was certainly not the uh, the thought of the Speaker of the House. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and most of the the longtime uh, congressmen. I think it was just a couple of stray voices. Certainly, uh, you know, a Schumer or Pelosi were never talking about impeaching uh, Donald Trump right after inauguration. Right, Blair? That was just a couple of stragglers. Exactly. And a lot of that was rhetoric, you know, too, when some were just coming to Washington. But it, it speaks to a bigger issue, what Chris is talking about. And, and something we were talking about here in our newsroom today is that you used to have there was a time where you had the Republicans and the Democrats, and you had a bunch of people in the middle that you weren't really sure which way they would go on, on things like this. But now you really don't have that. You know, when uh, Mitt Romney is one of the moderates in the Republican Party, I mean, he was a candidate for president for the Republican Party and now considered one of the moderates, along with Susan Collins. That's pretty telling of where we are as a country on on 
politics and parties. It's so divisive right now. You don't have a lot of people in that middle. They either love their party or, or hate and hate the other party. <laughs> Or and totally embrace it. The it's the really disappearing uh, independent voter, the disappearing right. disappearing middle ground. Maybe they're still out there, but certainly not as vocal as as they once were. Uh, Blair Miller in Washington D.C. is going to stick around. Hopefully, one more segment. You all right with that, Blair? Sure. All right. Ans- you do. Answering your questions about the impeachment, we'll start talking about the Iowa caucuses as well. 404-872-0750-1-800-972-8255. If you want to connect with me on Twitter, ask your questions there. It is at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Blair is on Twitter as well. It is at Blair Miller TV. We'll be back right after this on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Arum on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I call a fairy tale because everything's a fairy tale. That's how Pocahontas got started. Everything's a fairy tale. This woman can't tell the truth. President Trump on Elizabeth Warren last night was interview with Sean Hannity. I'll play some more clips of that coming up in just a couple of minutes. Blair Miller joining us live from the nation's capital, answering your questions about the latest on the impeachment trial today. Robert joins us on the broadcast. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Excellent. What's your question? The question that I have, we were looking something up at lunch, a little-known article, and if I'm not mistaken, that little-known article says that uh, if impeachment proceedings are brought against the president in his term, that first term being, then he is uh, eligible for re-election for a third term. Blair, you know anything about that little-known uh, document? That, uh... I, I I know nothing about that, and so Robert. Where did you find that, Robert? I'd I'd be very curious to see where where did you get that. I wish we were all sitting around the lunchroom table one day and uh, wondering to ourselves why Pelosi was so late in uh, actually bringing the impeachment proceedings. It's kind of like uh, she doesn't want to bring them in his first term because. And then one of the gentlemen found this little-known article out there. It's kind of like, well, if wow, you can find really? it, I would, I would uh, love it. if you can shoot me a, a link on Twitter, at Mark Aaron. That would be fantastic. I, I have a theory about the, the delay on the uh, impeachment delivery, um, Blair, was the, the, perhaps the Democrats knew about the Bolton manuscript and it was delivered, and they might have been waiting to see if that leaked out before they brought the articles of impeachment to the Senate. I think that's a good theory. I mean, I think there's been so much happening here behind the scenes, and you have to ask yourself, what what's going to happen in the next few months? Because you know something's going to happen, but how deep is it, and um, what what's the House going to do? You know, what are they going to do after this whole scenario with the impeachment trial? You know, are they going to sit back and, and just continue on and wait till November? I, I don't think that's the MO we have seen out of this house. I guess it, a lot will depend on um, what yeah. the Bolton book says, what documents uh, can be uncovered, and uh, maybe they will start subpoenaing some of the uh, the people that didn't testify and get them on the record. Uh, just real quick to recap, Blair, set the table for the rest of tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday for folks that might have missed what's going on with the impeachment yeah. trial. So tonight we have more of the senators who are basically taking the floor. They get their 10 minutes each on the floor to really make their case and explain their positions, whether it's the vote from last week on the motion for witnesses that failed or the motion that we expect to happen on Wednesday, which will be the motion to acquit the president. And we expect 
unless there's something that changes between now and then that that will pass. And so you'll hear more of that tonight, more of that tomorrow on the Senate floor is really what's happening. And of course, we have the State of the Union tomorrow night. And so all eyes will be on the House floor tomorrow night and the House chamber as the president uh, enters the House chamber with all this going on. You know, the White House really wanted all this to be wrapped up by the State of the Union. It really almost uh, spiked the football, if you will, uh, tomorrow night in his speech. So we'll, we'll see what he says about impeachment or the trial tomorrow night. And then again, we have that vote Wednesday afternoon around four o'clock. We'll put a bow on this puppy Wednesday afternoon around 4 p.m. Eastern. Blair Miller in Washington, D.C. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Always nice talking with you. All right. Uh, Blair doing uh, yeoman's work. He is watching and uh, listening to the impeachment trial, so you don't have to. And that's why we do the recap. When we come back after news, our political analyst Bill Crane will join us in studio, give us the ins and outs of what this all means on the Senate floor and at the beginning of the Iowa caucus. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. It's the Mark Aram Show on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I do not ask you to convict him because truth or right or decency matters nothing to him, but because we have proven our case and it matters to you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. At the end of the day, this is an effort to overturn the results of one election and to try to interfere in the coming election. Here's Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show. Good Monday evening, everyone. Mark Aram broadcasting live in Atlanta, Georgia, across the Cox Media Group radio network, continuing our coverage of the impeachment trial and morphing into our coverage of the Iowa caucuses, which began today. Uh, the number to reach the program, 404-872-0751-800-972-8255. The front runner in Iowa, a guy named Bernie Sanders. Senator Sanders, President Trump yesterday, a Super Bowl interview with Sean Hannity, had this to say about the Democratic leader in Iowa. Well, I think he's a communist. I mean, you know, look, I think of communism when I think of Bernie. Now, you could say socialist, but did he get married in Moscow? And that's wonderful. Moscow's wonderful. Might have been the honeymoon. You don't think necessarily, well, whatever. But you don't necessarily think in terms of marriage, Moscow. I'll play more of President Trump's interview with the great American throughout the broadcast tonight. Joining us live in studio, another great American, our political analyst, Bill Crane. Bill, how are you, sir? Always a pleasure to be here, Bart. Enjoyed the Super Bowl yesterday? Did you uh, I partake? I just watched a little. I lost a bet. I wanted the Chiefs to win, but I yeah. bet on the Niners. So I lost about 100 bucks. But other than that, I only watched a few of the commercials. The NFL just doesn't do it for me anymore. All right. So Deb Green, executive producer of the program, expect Bill's invoice to have an extra $100 <laughs> on it to cover that. Uh, we'll get back to the uh, impeachment trial in just a second, Bill. The Iowa caucuses, one of the strangest political things we do here in America is what's going on in Iowa. What exactly is going on in Iowa right now? Um, we don't know exactly how many people will arrive, but uh, in 2008, we had 250,000 Iowans in the Democratic caucus. That number dropped to about 180,000 the last election in 2016. They will fan out across 99 counties into 1,700 precincts, which are in schools, churches, lobbies of union halls, basements, shopping malls, and they will hear speeches from the candidates that are on the ballot in Iowa, and then they literally, instead of casting a secret ballot that we're all used to, mm -hmm. like nine other states that caucus, they will gravitate to that corner of the room where that presentation is going on and be physically counted. There's a first ballot, and then those campaigns that don't get 15% of the total vote, they're considered to be not... Um, competitive and they are basically dropped from the second ballot and then those people re-caucus and they pick where they go for their second choice or their third choice. 
that continues until you basically have a, a handful, usually three to five, left, and a winner is declared. Iowa and the Democratic Party there have changed the way they tabulate this time for the first time. There will also be 900 satellite locations okay. where overseas military and disabled folks who can't get to the precincts, and some of this came from Bernie Sanders' campaign four years ago being upset that some other people who were there for the first time didn't know how the caucuses operated, didn't know – you had to listen to speeches for two or three hours, got up and left, causing him to lose the Iowa caucuses by the an eighth of a percentage point wow. to uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Another change that's occurred since the last caucuses, they have same-day registration. So you can show up tonight in Iowa as long as you have your voter registration card that shows you uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, that you re choose to register if you have an ID as a Republican or a Democrat, and you can register tonight – and as long as you're not already on the rolls in the other party, participate in the caucuses. Political analyst Bill Crane on the Mark Aram Show. Let me just say I'm thankful I've always lived in primary states. I, I'm way too lazy to do all of that. I, I tip my hat either. to the— yeah. pay. Really? Yes. Minor fee. But Cover charge. Mm -hmm. Two-drink minimum. I don't know what the dollar <laughs> figure is, but it's been there part, in part in the years past to kind of control who comes in. But I, it's I, not, I, not, not all that unlike a poll tax. Uh, Iowa is a very white state. Mm -hmm. Uh, the folks there, there have been some demographic changes underway, but it, it typically was as far up as the 70s and 80s, kind of a barometer for America. I don't know that it is so much anymore, but whoever does win um, will get a fundraising bump, will get a name ID bump, and it could be a campaign killer for Vice President Biden if he comes in, say, less than third place. And in most polling, he's been trading second and third with Mayor Pete. Got a question about the poll. Uh, David joins us on the program. David, a uh, perfectly timed question for our political analyst, Bill Crane. Yes, first little comment. As of uh, a couple of elections ago, I think the fee to register at the caucuses was about $25. And I That's not nothing. That's dinner. Yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. That's for, for most folks, that's not yeah. – That's a snack yeah, for uh, Longoria, but yeah, dinner for, for, a lot, for two for most of us. Go ahead. Sorry. It uh, benefits the state Democratic Party, I believe, is a beneficiary of that. Um, question, uh, the poll came out very recently. Up to 40 percent of the caucus voters are still undecided, and I wondered – since the candidates have been crisscrossing that state ad nauseum, does this indicate a, a lack of enthusiasm for any particular candidate? I think it's a lack of enthusiasm for the field and a demonstration of how fluid this field is. There was a belief that Joe Biden would sort of start to tie up not just the leadership of the party and a lot of uh, major black elected officials across the country as he's done, but that would start to reach down as the debates have unfurled, seven of them in the 2019 calendar year. Um, and folks would start seeing this field winnow. It had, that has not happened. There are still four United States senators in this race, all of whom had to sit through the impeachment proceedings, John Bennett of Colorado probably being the least known. There were six, but there's still four. Um, they, uh, the race is sort of traded back and forth between the progressives and the moderates right now. The top winner is Bernie Sanders, who is a <laughs> socialist and also a progressive. Um, the top moderate has been Joe Biden, but Pete Buttigieg sort of moved a little bit himself on the spectrum and is is presenting himself more moderately. Amy Klobuchar has also been gaining while Elizabeth Warren has been dropping like a rock these last few weeks. Let me ask a follow-up to that, Bill. How, how, how much can we trust the polls because of the way the caucuses are set up, where you split up in groups, you have a vote, and then you move? Uh, at the end of the day, are those polls really going to be reflected in what we see Iowans uh, deciding today? I don't know because, one, they've changed the way they're going to tabulate, and two, they are doing polls in a, in a typical fashion, which is who do you support in these – and, and a caucus is much more complicated than that. It's, it's not just 
picking who you're going to vote for, but it's standing in a room and aligning yourself. I mean, sometimes a lot of people vote but don't want people to know who they vote for. You can't do that in a yeah. caucus. You are literally standing in support of your candidate physically, and you are counted. The caucus is going to begin in about 16 minutes. Uh, this is going to be an it's all It's going to last for two or three hours of speeches, so we're not going to have anything substantive, really. It's And it starts at 7 o'clock Central, so I think we'll probably be still wondering who's won this thing at 11 or midnight tonight. So tomorrow morning on the morning news, More we should likely. have some numbers. Uh, the impact, I mean, is, is it as good as, as big as it once was, Iowa? I mean, Bloomberg's not even there. Uh, does that factor into anything? There are candidates that are skipping. There are candidates who've dropped, as you referenced, Michael Bloomberg is not planning to participate here in the New Hampshire primary. Uh, it still matters, but it's not Jimmy Who in 1976, which sort of catapulted him almost into the nomination's short field. Uh, but do remember undecided mm -hmm. actually won the plurality, not Jimmy Carter back in 1976. So what has changed is you don't see as many of the people willing to stand in those caucus halls for nobody. Uh, they do tend to align more than they used to. And the, the percentage of Iowans who participate has actually shrunk. Uh, like I said, two, 250,000 if they have a good night, uh, less than 200,000 if it's flat. Um, it does look like the Sanders campaign, which has one of the largest grassroots organization on the ground, has really done a great job of canvassing. And as you're seeing television cameras around the state, their people are showing up tonight. Political analyst Bill Crane joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Your questions for Bill about the caucuses or the impeachment trial, 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. If the polls are correct, Bill, and we'll, we'll find out, it looks like Bernie's going to come out of the gate with two straight victories here in Iowa and New Hampshire uh, does does that winnow the field if Bernie wins these first two? It will, uh, most precisely impacting Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. You may see some of the others in the field making some significant endorsements. The other thing that it'll do is the trajectory of Michael Bloomberg is basically all based on a heavy turnout of Super Tuesday delegate states, particularly California in March, Georgia right behind that. Um, but the Democratic Party will probably try to block Bernie Sanders behind the scenes from being the nominee. And then the machinations are already changing some rules about the debates this year to allow Michael Bloomberg to be on the stage. Interesting. Uh, John joins us in Florida. John, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you, sir? Yeah, can you hear me? Excellent. What's going on? Oh, cool. Yeah, I was wondering, as kind of a, as a, oh, excuse me, I'm out of breath. Um, as a leaning Republican myself, I'm, I was thinking, why in the world would they want Cipollone out front making any case in public after he was directly fingered as a material witness in a meeting with Trump pertaining to all this. And since I think he was actually out there today, were there any, were there any rumblings behind the scene about that? Like, I mean, Interesting. I so he's not a witness, though. He's acting as a prosecutor. So yeah. there, there's not a position right. where the senators the can... The optics, yeah. And and, and uh, Sepolo, too, right? Didn't something come out this weekend with Sepolo about... Uh, funds dispute, uh, distributed through a, a charity organization? Just being candid with you, my assessment is at this point, the president's team and particularly the White House itself are so confident of that vote on Wednesday that they're not really concerned about minor, what they would consider relatively minor optic choices at this point. They I, believe they have the votes. They know there aren't 66 votes on either of the two articles. Yeah. And although they would have liked to have this wrapped up before the State of the Union so the president could take a full victory lap tomorrow night, um, they're pretty close. You might have lost that $100 Super Bowl bet, but you can win that back <laughs> uh, voting that there will be no, uh, you know, uh, there will, there be, will no, be no guilty finding yes, uh, on either of the two articles. Yes. Uh, you mentioned, well, we mentioned Mike Bloomberg. Here's President Trump with Mike Bloomberg uh, talking about Mike Bloomberg with Sean Hannity yesterday. Uh, very little. I just think of little. 
You know, now he wants a box for the debates to stand on. Okay, it's okay. There's nothing wrong. You can be short. Why should he get a box to stand on, okay? He wants a box for the debates. I'm not a political insider, Bill, but it seems to me, just in the in the way the president is communicating about the candidates, Bloomberg might be the last person he wants to face on the ballot. He is one of the few who can go toe-to-toe on New York-type issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know personality-wise. I see him besting the president, but um, they've tangled before, and Bloomberg knows how Trump plays and will be prepared. I don't think he'll be caught off guard by being called Whittle like yeah. Marco Rubio was. Um, and so I think the president is sort of dusting off some of the playbook that served him so effectively with that field of 17 in the GOP side four years ago. A, a still amazing run. I mean, yeah. we were behind these very microphones uh, when when that whole thing started, and, and we, we both assumed that the ceiling for President Trump at the time was, you know, a 30%. And uh, he knocked off big name after big name after big name. And then the biggest name at the end was uh, Hillary Clinton. When we come back, more of your questions about the impeachment inquiry and the Iowa caucuses. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Executive producer Deb Green's going to find out how tall Michael Bloomberg is. I wonder how tall Little is. Because I never... I never. He's th- about 5'7 without the lift. Really? You know, he gave the graduation speech in my college. He was probably on a box. He was probably, think five, six, <laughs> probably five, on seven. a box. All right. Uh, I'm going to get a box when we come back. Uh, Bill Crane in studio, political analyst here on The Mark Aram Show. 404-872-0750. one On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Back after this on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Just think about what we've heard from this president the last few weeks. As commander-in-chief, instead of respecting our troops, we saw a reporting that hasn't been denied about how we berated generals and flag officers in the Pentagon to their faces as losers, dopes, babies. Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, one of the uh, many entrees into the Democratic presidential nomination in Iowa right now. The caucuses begin in less than five minutes. Bill Crane, uh, any predictions before we uh, depart, my friend? Narrow win by Bernie Sanders. Narrow win by Bernie Sanders. Interesting. Uh, and, and second, third, does it matter at that point? Uh, it does matter. Um, it's either going to be Mayor Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden, I think, in second place. And then the question is, depending on how things fall out, Third and fourth, obviously, but Amy Klobuchar, if she pulls up into third, this is her shot. This would be it. And Elizabeth Warren would be who she'd be battling She's, third She fourth. is now looking at fifth place wow. based on all the polling, but might recover a bit in New Hampshire. Uh, here's Bernie Sanders earlier today in Iowa. Whether we continue an administration which has a record of corruption, whether we continue an administration with a president who is a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, a xenophobe, and on top of that, he's a religious bigot as well. Uh, Bernie Sanders today uh, to his supporters in Iowa. I said this last week on the program, Bill, after it was uh, obvious that the, the president was going to be acquitted in the uh, Democrat, in the impeachment trial, that the Democratic base would, would be really angered about that and fired up and maybe give... Uh, the Democrats an overall win as far as in the ballot is concerned, uh, really uh, getting them out there and, and trying to defeat a president that uh, was not taken down by impeachment. What Do you think that holds true? Will that hold through to November? Six or seven months is a long yes, time in politics. So there will be multiple 
Trumpisms and other issues between now and then. But yeah, there will be plenty of Democrats, not independents, not swing voters, but plenty of core Democrats who cannot believe, some of whom work nearby, Mm -hmm. uh, that this president is still in office and think it's criminal that the Senate didn't convict. Uh, State of the Union tomorrow. Let's preview that. Uh, He will be delivering, the president will be delivering the State of the Union before the impeachment trial is over. At the end of the day, does that matter? What do we expect to hear from the president tomorrow? I'm kind of torn between telling you what I think he'll do and what I think he should do. Okay. I will point out— I'd like to hear both. In his prior three State of the Union addresses, he stuck to script. He has stayed on the prompter. He has not verged off. And although the first one was pretty dark, in general, they've been kind of statements of aspiration and things he's already accomplished. If the president's advisors are smart and help him with writing this speech, he's got, particularly on the economy— Several really strong things to say, some things in national defense like putting down uh, an enemy of this country and Mm -hmm. a general in Iran who was guilty of thousands of deaths, and he should stick to that script because the jury is still out technically, and even though we know what's going to happen, taking a victory lap and crowing before officially he's acquitted would be a bad tactical move, and you would see that in Democratic spots in November. Political analyst Bill Crane and the Mark Aram Show. Bill, always a pleasure. Great to see you, my friend. We'll be back on tomorrow night at the same time talking about the caucus results, the impeachment trial, and the State of the Union. we got a big show tomorrow night. Same bad time, same bad channel. We can hook up online, folks, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. This has been a presentation of the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet, and it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.